the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody? <clears throat> it is a, um, I mean, the, the, the month of September is over. It is September the 30th, the last day of September. October 1st is tomorrow. It's incredible. And uh, we're still kind of warm, I'd say. I mean, it's uh, it's not at 100 degrees. We're not in the triple digits like we were. But uh, it's definitely uh, cooler, and uh, I would say fall is in the air. <clears throat> so, welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've got uh, some very, very good guests for you today. And um, we wanted to, to we want to start off by um, uh, giving you some updates of what has been happening at the border, because my friends, it has been fast and furious, and we don't mean the Obama gun running uh, uh, routine that, or, or project that was going on. We're talking it is a, there's a lot of stuff happening at the border. <clears throat> but let me tell you first of all who is uh, who our guests are. First of all, we've got. Uh, Miss Ar- uh, uh, Irene Armendariz Jackson. She is a um, <clears throat> an activist, a conservative Republican activist, and I believe she's going to be a, a candidate uh, for Congress. But uh, she's a very good friend in El Paso. She's going to be talking to us, my friends. She's going to be talking to us about what is happening at the border in El Paso. It is absolutely uh, medieval. That's the only way that we can describe it. There are people. Th- there are thousands of people crossing, uh, and hundreds of them uh, in, in the downtown area. Hundreds of them, maybe thousands. Who knows? But uh, they're in the downtown area, taking up uh, space, uh, waiting for uh, their next meal, waiting to uh, go to the restroom, waiting to take showers. It is awful, my friends. She's going to be talking to you because. Things like this are coming to your to, you, to your backyard. To you. This is what we call the second phase of the border crisis, my friends. It is, it simply means that the border comes to your neighborhood. So uh, she's going to be talking about that. Our other our next guest is uh, Texas Land Commissioner Don Buckingham. She is going to be talking to us about an island that has been in dispute. And get this, not between Mexico and the United States or Mexico and Texas. It's been in dispute with the cartels. There is an island uh, that belongs to the United States. It belongs to Texas, actually, that's uh, on the Rio Grande. And uh, that island has been used as a staging uh, uh, place, as a staging spot for the cartels to uh, ship people across the border and uh, drugs and everything else. Now, what's very, very interesting is that the cartels themselves have had shootouts on the property. They've had shootouts on that island uh, over control of it. Uh, so, uh, what's happened? Well, uh, the land commissioner, Don Buckingham, has uh, taken it into her uh, purview and uh, sent in the um, Texas uh, Department of Public Safety folks, and they are going to patrol it and uh, they are going to uh, take control of the property. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it's crazy, my friends, that on U.S. land, the cartels are fighting each other as to who's going to control it so that they can, have, they continue, they can continue to ship in their lucrative, uh, their, their lucrative uh, bounty of people or drugs. It is bad, my friends. It is absolutely outrageous. 
Uh, our final guest is uh, Texas State Representative Brian Harrison uh, from District 10. He is up from the Wasahatchee area up in North Texas, just south of Dallas. And he is going to be uh, talking to us about some legislation that he's going to be proposing. Please, please, please understand that we're very, very upset that during the entire last session of, uh, of, of the Texas State Legislature, there was zero legislation, zero legislation uh, for addressing the border. Zero legislation. Any action that was taken by the state of Texas was taken by executive action by the governor. The state legislature did nothing. In fact, uh, Representative Harrison will tell you that uh, every time that they proposed something, it was killed in the House. It was not uh, pushed. The uh, Senate passed several things. Uh, several uh, legislative actions regarding the border. The House killed them or they died in the House. Now, you understand how bad that is, my friends. Here we are, taxpayers. We are the, we are the constituents of those representatives in the House, and the House does nothing to protect us. You figure that out. You figure that out. I'm not going to get into the politics of uh, what's going on, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The thing that, that I do want to tell you is that nothing is going on. That's what, that's what you should concentrate on. I'm not going to fight with anybody. I am just going to tell you nothing has happened. And now that uh, Representative Harrison is, pushing some, is going to be pushing some legislation, we have got to get on the backs of our state House representatives, and we've got to force it. We know that the Democrats are not going to pass it. We know the Democrats want an open border. We know they don't care about how much fentanyl is being, uh, uh, is being used to kill Americans. We know, we know that some of them are probably in the pockets of the cartels, my friends. That we do know. But to have Republicans side with them, to have Republicans <clears throat> not push uh, for legislation to protect us? I mean, where, where is that coming from? Maybe they're on the take, too. I don't know. But, my friends, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. It needs to be addressed. We need to steamroll over these doggone Democrats that want an open border, that are helping to kill people, that are helping to invade our country and our state. Understand that. All right, so those are our guests. Now, let me, uh, let me rant a little bit because I am very, I mean, let me, I'm going to provide you some uh, background, some, some news that's been going on this past week. But my friends, it has been absolutely outrageous the amount of taxpayer money that is being utilized, both federal funding and state funding, to uh, protect our borders. We are using our state tax money, my friends, to ship, to bus thousands of illegal aliens out of our state into other communities. Now, we are all watching what is happening at the border. Uh, Elon Musk was at the border on Thursday, and it was an absolute zoo. The cameras, the questions, everything was going on. What was equally interesting was on Wednesday night, when the uh, the Republican debate took place, I don't know if any, if any of you wa uh, caught it or watched it. Many of you didn't even watch it, but uh, the the woman that was the moderator on the panel on the moderator panel, the woman that was from Univision, uh, some liberal uh, Democrat hag. The only questions she was asking were regarding immigration and language. Like that is the most those are the most important issues to Hispanics, okay? Like that is, and her questions regarding immigration was was all from a perspective of the of the illegal aliens being victims. That was outrageous. That was absolutely outrageous. But that is how the fake Spanish language media is handling this. They don't report of the number of people that are coming in illegally. They report of the number of people that are entering the country to ask for asylum. 
you know, never mind that the whole process of asylum of of, of asylum uh, request applications has been twisted by the Democrats. Has been twisted. They didn't ask uh, uh, the Congress to act on anything. No, they just twisted it, and then they blame Congress for not acting. Because what they want is the only action they want from Congress is an amnesty. That's the only thing they want. They don't want enforcement. So this woman from Univision, uh, absolutely outrageous how she would ask. She also asked if the, if the Republicans were going to translate uh, campaign material into Spanish. I got news for you. Let me tell you this, my friends. If, uh, if a citizen who is, who is eligible to vote doesn't understand English, they have no, re- they have no, no reason to vote. Let's put it that blunt. I'm tired of, the, uh, of this, that we've got to translate everything into a hundred different languages to accommodate this or accommodate that person. You come to this country to become a citizen, you learn the language. And the language is English. Okay? But of course, none of the Republicans answered that way because, well, they don't want to discriminate. Then there's the issue, my friends, of how much money <clears throat> these, these cities... These cities are asking for Chicago, New York, Los Angeles. They are asking for a ton of money to house the illegal aliens who are swarming, who are who are just flooding their communities. You know, New York is in the process of, of negotiating with its suburbs, with New York City suburbs, to take some of the illegal aliens because because they're overwhelmed. Here's an idea: instead of asking for more tax money. Why don't you shut the border down? Why don't you shut the border down? There was a child, a two-year-old child that was found uh, on, on uh, Wednesday uh, on the banks. What is happening, my friends, is because the uh, Biden administration is rewarding family units, there are a lot of people who are pretending to be families. A lot of them are pretending to be families. And because the Biden administration no longer is requiring DNA proof, how do you know that they are real families? That doesn't matter. So what is happening? They are using kids as a tool and then dumping them. And then dumping them there at the, at, at, at the river's edge. Or later on, they're dumping them. It is absolutely uh, incredible, outrageous, how this situation continues to, to grow and the media, the fake news, says nothing about it, does nothing about it. The Migrant Center here in San Antonio is overwhelmed. It was designed for 500 a week. It's got well over 1,000 a day now, my friends. Absolutely. And the police, the local police, are told to mind their own business, not to get involved. It is like a nuclear reactor right in the middle of the city. My friends, welcome to the show Thank you for joining us. We need to inform people because the local media, the national media, is not telling the people what is happening in their backyard, what is happening to their communities. We need to inform them. There is a tsunami of invaders coming into your neighborhood, and it's coming soon if it's not already there. So, thank you for joining us today. We're going to uh, go to our first guest. Thank you very much. George Rodriguez, El Conservador in San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got, uh, uh, we've got a new guest with us, uh, State Representative, Texas State Representative Brian Harrison, who is from uh, District 10. That would be up in the north part of, of the state. Uh, in fact, it's, um, I believe it's based in Wasahatchee, Texas, which is just south of, uh, of uh, Dallas. I wanted to get him on because um, we're getting ready to look at uh, a, 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 a n- another session of the Texas uh, legislature, and um, I just want to know if uh, we're going to address this time anything regarding the border, because it seems to be out of control. I don't know. Uh, Representative Harrison, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. George, uh, it is a pleasure uh, to be with you and to talk to so many great, um, great freedom-loving Texans. Uh, down in the San Antonio area. Great to be with you. Welcome. All right. So tell us. I mean, uh, this morning Fox News is carrying more uh, pictures and uh, stories about folks coming into the uh, state. 
Uh, and, uh, I mean, by the thousands, by the thousands. I believe it was 11,000 last week. It's probably going to be even even higher this time around. And right here in San Antonio, we've got the Migrant Center, which is over capacity. We've got people spilling out into the street. Tell us, what is the state legislature going to do to help us? Well, I, I hope something, uh, because sadly, the, the, the answer, and this might shock a lot of your listeners, is that um, so far, you know, we were in, we've already had three sessions of the state legislature in Texas, and we have passed exactly zero serious border security bills. Uh, look, it, and that makes people like me who believe we should be a nation of laws and a nation of borders just furious. I mean, if you, when you see the images coming from the border... And when you see, literally, they're, they're flying Venezuelan flags now. Yes. There's no way to describe this as anything other than an invasion. An invasion. <laughs> That's right. Right? It's, and look, the, the people, the person, and I want to be really clear at the beginning on this, okay? The person most responsible and ultimately responsible for all of this is, is President Joe Biden. Uh, when he took office, he inherited the most secure border uh, probably in our nation's history. Uh, I proudly served uh, in the Trump administration, and we took border security very seriously. When, when we had Title 42 up and running, we were deporting 90% of illegal aliens within two hours. And we really, we really locked that border down. And in fact, if Joe Biden had just done nothing but go back to the basement and take a nap, we'd still have a secure border. Um, so he's responsible, period, full stop. But Texas is the first impacted by this disaster. We're the most impacted by this. And if we have the opportunity, the resources, and the tools to do more to save our state and to save our country from the Biden border crisis, then I'm one of the people that believes we've got to step up and do what he wants and secure the border. And so I propose bold uh, legislation on border security, Representative Matt Schaefer. Tyler um, uh, filed uh, probably the most comprehensive bill on border security. Other members filed bold bills, but every single one of them was killed by the leadership of the Texas House of Representatives. The Senate passed bold bills on border security, but the Texas House killed every single serious piece of border security, and that's got to stop. And I'm begging the governor to bring us back for a special session. I think we should be there today. I should be in Austin with my colleagues right now as we speak. As much as I love talking to you, George, we should be working on bills to secure that border right now. I couldn't agree more. I mean, this uh, it, it, this situation with the border being wide open and people just crossing at will, uh, even waving their national flags as they, as, as they enter our country, this is... Uh, I, I, why, why can't our state legislature, why can't they address this other than it doesn't suit a certain, a certain party's uh, agenda, I guess? Well, let me, let me shock you even further. Um, I tweeted out this morning, I had my staff go look into this. The Texas House of Representatives, which is dominated by Republicans, huge Republican majority, the voters sent to, to run the Texas House. The Texas House put on the floor of the Texas House over 500 bills from liberal Democrats. And yet the Republican leadership of the Texas House colluded with the Democrats to keep us from being able to vote on even one single serious border security bill. So it's not just the Democrats. There's not enough Democrats to have done this. The liberal leadership of the Texas House, for whatever reason, chose to stop every serious effort to lock that border down, border down, and that's got to change. I mean, the numbers you're talking about—it's hard to get your mind around this. We're talking over ten thousand illegal crossings a day, um, and when you got you know cities like New York City's declared a disaster because they, they've had that many people in total, uh, they're crying in the streets. We're getting that in the state of Texas every single day. It's it's ten thousand or more every twenty-four hour period now. Over three hundred thousand just last month. We have never had in August with over three hundred thousand illegal crossings this is going to destroy uh i mean it's a humanitarian crisis it's an economic crisis it's a national security crisis we know we've got you know over 40 to 50 people that we know about on the terror watch list just walking into our country uh joe biden and kamala harris said there's never been a better marketing or advertising campaign for the human traffickers the drug cartels the coyotes and Joe Biden, Kamala Harris's open border policies. And then you think about the strain on our healthcare sector, our education sector, our law enforcement is beyond capacity right now. And we, and I'm sorry, history, if we don't do more, this is Biden's fault. 
But if the people who have the ability to do more choose not to, I think history will be right in asking the question, are we not a little bit culpable myself? And I'm doing everything I can to make sure historians never have to ask that question. Texas has got to do more to fight the Biden border crisis. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, and I couldn't agree more, and I thank you for what you're doing. This situation with uh, people coming in, uh, first of all, uh, there was a, two, a two-year-old child that was found yesterday uh, on the banks. Uh, they're, they're using kids as uh, a tool to uh, get through the loopholes of, uh, of, of, of immigration law, and then they're dumping them. I mean, that's, that's outrageous. No, it's, it, that, that's right. And, you know, what makes me really frustrated is not just, I mean, all the horrible things we've talked about, what you just talked about. I, I, I'm a father of four young kids. Um, my, oldest is, my youngest is only three years old, so just barely older than that baby that was found yesterday. And when I saw the image of that photo as a, as a father, it, it, it literally broke my heart. And what makes me really angry is the rank and just despicable hypocrisy, not just the Democrat Party, but the mainstream media in this country. They said that those of us in the Trump administration that wanted to secure the border, that believed in law and order, that believed in secure borders, they, they pretended that, that we were the ones with an inhumane border policy. I'm sorry. There is nothing more inhumane than what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing than incentivizing vulnerable populations from across the world to make this incredibly treacherous journey, subjecting young boys to violence, young girls to sexual violence, including rape and what's effectively modern era slavery and indentured servitude and the cartels. Um, than what the than what Biden's uh, open border policies are leading to, because that's how these car, these coyotes are able to go down to Central America and the Northern Triangle com- countries and get people to pledge them or give them tens of thousands of dollars to make these dangerous journeys, because they can say with a straight face, "If you give us ten thousand dollars, I'll get you to that border, and Joe Biden will let you into America." We have got to turn off the forces and, and stop the magnet that is pulling these people into these incredibly dangerous and treacherous journeys where you're right we're seeing babies being left for dead less than three months old nothing is more inhumane than what joe biden's doing and we have got as a state of texas we've got to do more to fight this i couldn't agree more there's that the the humanitarian aspects that you just talked about but then there's the deadly fentanyl that keeps coming across because the border the border patrol is so busy being humanitarian with uh, with all of these uh, illegal aliens that are crossing, that nobody—I mean—the fentanyl is just pouring in. How about that? Can we can can, well, can we address that? Well, it's, it, I mean, it's that we know that it's pouring in, and we know that it's coming on the heels of a record-breaking—I think it was around 110,000 overdoses um, in the last reported data data that we have from the CDC. And the other point isn't just on the drugs themselves, but on the power of the cartels. Um, Joe Biden, the United States government, does not have operational control over that border, even though the Secretary of, of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, lied under oath to Congressman Chip Roy, said that he had <laughs> operational control. He perjured himself. He should be impeached. Um, but you know, let me tell you who else doesn't have control of that border, and that's the Mexican government. The violent drug cartels are the only people that currently have operational control over that border, and we must not allow that to continue. Uh, no no doubt about that. Let me ask you this last question, because here in San Antonio, we've got a very, very liberal city council and mayor, and um, the resources that are being utilized, the city, local taxpayers' resources that are being utilized uh, to take care of the, uh, the migrant, the uh, immigrant uh, tsunami that we're facing right now, is, uh, is the same as it is... In other communities, you know, now all of a sudden sanctuary communities like, like New York are, are waking up. But, I mean, there's that aspect as well. I mean, there is an impact on, on our uh, hospitals, on our uh, schools, uh, on our public safety in general. I mean, th- th- we need that addressed as well. Well, we absolutely do. And that's the point that um, I try to stress when I'm outside of the state of Texas. Because, look... We're obviously the first impacted, and we're impacted the most. But let me be very clear to everybody. If they're listening to you or listening to us, and maybe they're listening online in another state, the Biden border crisis is not just a Texas crisis. This is an American crisis. This is a disaster for every one of the 50 states because they're not staying here. They may come here, and maybe we have the majority of them, but they're going everywhere, and we're starting to see – 
these what war once upon a time, you know, 18 months ago, liberal, Democrat, blue governors, mayors, uh, county judges bragging about being a sanctuary city. Look how loving we are. Look how open minded we are. We would embrace everybody. You know, the whole no, no person is illegal. They were flying these flags. Right. Then five minutes later, when they get less than the total amount of illegal aliens that Texas has crossed our borders in one day, <laughs> they go crying like a baby to Uncle Joe Biden, begging him to declare an emergency, begging him for help. You know, I, the, the Big Apple gets the smallest taste of the Biden border crisis, and they go screaming like a little baby to Uncle Joe. <laughs> that's true. And they ask for more money. They don't ask to close the border. They ask for more money. Well, that's the irony. They want more more money. Well, where's that money going to come from? That's going to come from taxpayers including in the state of Texas. Exactly. So Texans are going to be having to subsidize the you know millions of dollars that, that New York City is paying to put illegal aliens up in five-star hotels. That's not a joke. Illegal aliens are being housed in hotels nicer than most of my constituents have ever stayed in. <laughs> it's so true, so true. State Representative Brian Harrison, we've been talking with him. We're going to let, have to let you go, but thank you very, very much for being such a logical voice in the state house and please keep fighting for us well it's my it's my privilege to be able to fight for the freedom and the security and the prosperity of 30 million texans and george just a real pleasure talking to you god bless you god bless texas you got it once again my friends george rodriguez and conservador talking to you from san antonio Howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got our very good friend, Miss Irene Armendariz Jackson from El Paso. And I wanted to reach out to her because, uh, well, we've been talking about what is happening at the border. I wanted her to give us an update. Irene, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. It's always a pleasure, and I'm always honored that you even think of me. Oh, anytime. Let's begin. Tell us what is happening in your backyard. We have seen the thousands coming across an Eagle Pass, and we even saw a flag, a Colombian or Venezuelan flag, uh, put up in, uh, in, in on the Texas shore. What is happening in your area with uh, the border crisis? Well, I can put it in, uh, real simply in three words. Illegals, illegals, illegals. <laughs> they are everywhere they are everywhere it's a, you know kind of reminds me of the of the the um green eggs and ham you know i don't like them in the soup i don't like them in you know all that stuff and we can actually make a dr seuss um book out of this whole hypocr hypocrisy that is going on from washington dc when it comes to the border um i've said it before i'll keep saying it again there's one one thing it's one thing to tell me you love me and another thing to show me you love me and i 100 percent believe that it's not our immigration system that is broken. It is Washington that is broken. You got it. I mean, when you see the, the Border Patrol agents turning into uh, humanitarian assistance rather than law enforcement assistance, I mean, what good is it to have laws if you're not going to enforce them? Yes, and that's something that I've been saying from the beginning when they ask me, how do we solve this crisis? And first of all, we have to recognize that this is a self-inflicted wound. Um, and number two is that walls are no good unless you're going to enforce the laws. Um, and so we see the wall here for all of you that have seen the videos that allegedly the Trump wall is falling apart. That is a, a false narrative from the uh, flaming Democrats on the left. I would have... What has always bugged me, and I think the people that have heard me on your show before have heard me say this before, it's not the Democrats that I'm frustrated with, um, George. It's it's our side. It's the side that is supposed to be the common sense side. Let's understand how our government is supposed to function. The executive branch is supposed to almost oversee the running of the country. They should not have the power to destroy law, destroy the procedures of law. The 
legislative branch is the one in charge of either um, passing law or taking away law. And um, I've, I've done some research, not extensively because my time is so limited, but from the beginning when I started hearing about executive orders, it didn't make sense to me, George. How is it that a president that does not, should not have the power to write law, have the power to change law with a drop of a pin? And that is essentially what Biden has done. And, you know, I'm a Trumpster and I voted for him. I will continue voting for him. But he also signed a lot of executive orders. When I did the little research, um, on executive orders, George Washington, our first president, actually signed the first uh, executive order. And that is not the power of the president. Now, of course, we all loved the executive orders that President Trump signed, but that has continuously opened the door for more and more overreach of the executive branch. And so we need a whole new set of um, Congress members to go in, people just like myself, that all we care about is Americans to preserve our way of life. But until we start doing that and start voting those people that have been there for decades, who know you're going to vote for them anyways, um, out, we are not going to see a change. The other day, what what happened? The Pentagon said that even if the government shuts down, Ukraine is still going to get the billions of dollars uh-huh. that they are requesting. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> You're telling me our Border Patrol agents, our ICE agents, our Americans are not going to get paid. And I went through that with my husband. He's a retired Border Patrol agent. We went through two furloughs. Well, the first one with Obama, I actually went back to work because I told my husband, we need to be ready. They can't catch us with our pants down again. So I went back to work because there there is no way that we can continue to dangle this carrot in front of Americans without any consequences. Thank God my husband is a great saver and we have great savings. We live way under our means. We don't have plush this, plush that. But it's not fair. And that's not what's supposed to happen. That, you know, the the criticism about the... the, the uh the government shutting down, the fear that somehow, you know, it's going to be the end of the world if the, if the government shuts down. You know, they would quit spending our money. That's number one. Wouldn't that be good? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> but then, why is it, why is it, George, that the hard men and women working on our front lines don't get paid, but Congress does? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's not very, okay, George. That's very that's true. That's not okay. It's <laughs> servants. They are supposed to be public servants. Well, apparently but, you know, they're again, more important. <laughs> until, absolutely, absolutely. We have we have bought into a notion, uh, George, that only a certain demographic of people can run for office. One of the things I get here in El Paso from La Raza, the people like me, is... I want to I want to run for office. You are opening those doors for the rest of us. And let me tell you it's grueling when you don't have the support of the powers at be. We didn't have millions dumped into our race last time by the RNC and every group that put millions of dollars into the valley. We didn't have one single dollar given to us. And so the 12% that we have gained on the Republican side, 12% has been solely through grassroots. Tell us about uh, the uh, situation uh, there in El Paso with uh, the flood of of illegals coming in, Uh, the homeless shelters, the nonprofit organizations providing them food and What has happened to the domestic homeless? That's the hypocrisy. That's the hypocrisy, George. We call them NGOs, but they're all, these people, I've said it on national media, I'll say it again. 
a lot of people are making themselves millionaires through this border crisis. So you have the NGOs. If you follow the money of who owns and runs these NGOs, you're going to see that they're making a huge profit out of human tragedy. And it's not just tragedy on the legal side, okay? I know that we talk about all the thousands of people that have died, um, all the children that are being uh, trafficked and abused. But there is another demographic that is being completely ignored, and that is the American public. Amen. Because there's no such thing as government funding. We, the people, fund our local, state, and national government. And I can tell you for here, for El Paso, we have one of the highest property taxes in the entire nation. And yet we are one of the most poor uh, communities. We have over 26% of the children here in El Paso go to bed hungry because there we have a large number of um poverty in in our community so the americans should come first we this this has so many um levels you know like an onion we keep peeling it and we keep peeling it and the more you peel it the more you cut into it the more it makes you cry that's how this whole border security issue is you have the freddie vasquez border patrol agent that got um uh, COVID and died and left two little ones and a widow. Nobody talks about him. Wow. Nobody remembers um, Terry uh, Brian, Brian Terry in in um, Arizona who was killed by an illegal through uh, the guns that were taken to Mexico through Fast and Furious. When did we hold Holder? accountable when did we hold obama accountable for the death of a federal agent so you know there is so much brokenness in our and i know that it happens and it's very easy because that's my profession i am a realtor as long as you have cash either a down payment a big down payment or um or the cash to buy a property anybody can buy property and we know who's buying it around your neck of the woods. It's the Chinese. We know what's happening um, in Houston with that colony north of Houston. Why are they allowed to buy properties? And that's what I'm saying. I know I'm throwing a lot out there. But what begins at the border doesn't stay at the border. We have illegals walking around my neighborhood, which is uh, a mile away from the Walmart that where we had the tragedy on August the 3rd, um, three years ago. and But there's elementaries, middle schools, and high schools steps away. We have them hanging out outside that same Walmart. We have them begging on the corners. And this is all over town. We have, the city has bought a hotel. Now we have video from inside the hotel. They're destroying the hotel. We get it from the hotel managers that these people are using the towels instead of toilet paper. Um, we have the the illegals at uh, downtown. They're everywhere downtown. They're not gathering as much as they were before at the Sacred Heart Church, but they're everywhere. You know what I witnessed yesterday? I witnessed a truck. Obviously, this truck was from a contractor, and he had a group of those illegals around him. They're very easy to spot. They're all wearing either the same shoes or they have the same plastic bag with their documents. Um, And he had about 15 of them encircling him. I went around and I waited. He filled that truck with illegals and he took, he, they take them to their job sites. I lost, I tried to follow him, but I'm not an expert in following, so I lost him. But he was definitely a contractor because he had all the supplies in his, in the back of his truck. And we get it from another source that these contractors are paying these illegals for a full day of work, $30. These people are desperate. These people are desperate. They're hungry. They've used up all the money that the government has given them. Uh, We have another 
processing center where there's 6,000 people in the northeast side of town. We have brokenness all across the spectrum and especially is alarming here in Texas, which is supposed to be a red state. Yep. Irene, we're going to need to let you go, but I want to be sure that people understand that what is happening in El Paso is going to be happening in their backyard. Isn't that true? Well, George, let me let me throw something else in there for you. Yes. We have tried to reach out to Governor Abbott and his his person that has received our emails basically says that they can't do what we are proposing. But there is it is doable and he's done it before. And there is a way to pressure Mexico to stop all these illegals in their southern border thousands of miles before they get to our southern border. But we cannot get them to give us a meeting or even hear our plan. Maybe they don't think we're smart enough. I don't know. But America needs to know that there is a way to solve this. Can you tell us the way? No. <laughs> you got it. Let's. Uh, we will let you go, but thank you very, very much for for, for joining us today. We got to get you on the show again and uh, and tell us about what is happening and give us an update. And uh, we will uh, We will be in touch. We've been talking with our yes, very. Please. Good, we've been talking with our very, very good friend, Miss Irene Armendariz Jackson from uh, El Paso. Irene, stay safe, and we'll be talking to you soon again. Thank you. God bless you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Deep in the heart of South Texas, and we've got a uh, very nice uh, new guest with us, a very uh, well-known former senator, Texas State Senator, uh, Dawn Buckingham. Is Dawn Buckingham. She is now the Texas Land Commissioner, and she's going to be talking to us uh, about what her office is doing with uh, the battle of this border crisis, particularly with the cartels. Uh, welcome to the show, Commissioner. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Well, George, thanks so much for having me on today, and a hello to all your listeners. Let me ask you, first of all, uh, a lot of us don't know what the Texas Land Commission does. Can you briefly explain that to us? Absolutely. You know, we predate the office of the governor when Texas was transitioning from a sovereign nation to a state. We had to figure out who owned what due to all our overlapping flags that we've been living under. So we were founded as the keepers of maps, the guardians of Texas history, and most importantly, the stewards of what is today 13 million acres of state lands. We're responsible for the majority of oil and gas in the state because we're the largest mineral owner. And with that money, we fund education. I just wrote a $2 billion check to public education. We also have some really significant veterans programs. We run veterans nursing homes, veterans cemeteries. And for the veterans in your audience who want to buy a house, renovate a house, or buy some property, boy, do we have a mortgage deal for them that's a complete and unique state program. We also do everything coast, protecting our coast, cleaning up oil spills, and helping people recover from disasters. And almost most importantly, we run the Alamo. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. You know, one of those things that I really want to get you back on to uh, to talk about is uh, the energy, the so-called energy crisis that um, the Biden administration has kind of um, created, I, I guess I can say, uh, with us. I mean, I, I filled up my uh, truck earlier today, and it's, um, it's quite different than what it was ten year, two years ago, two years ago when uh, uh, we had a different president. But <laughs> having said Amen. that... <laughs> Let's talk about the um, your role in controlling land because there is a small portion of Texas, an island, that the cartels, uh, it's in the middle of the Rio Grande, Fronton Island, and uh, the cartels have literally been running it and uh, been staging uh, uh, activities from there, having gunfights. I mean, it's uh, tell us about this situation and what your office has done. Well, this 170-acre island has been uh, a problem for the last 10 years, 
And so with a new commissioner on board, DPS reached out again and said, hey, we need to determine if this is the state of Texas or not, because if it is the state of Texas, then law enforcement can gain access to it and we can shut down the cartel activity. I will notice, you know, there have been gunfights on this island recently, armor-piercing bullets, all kinds of arms found on the island is a significant issue covered in chrysocaine which of course as you know is incredibly easy to hide in for the illegal migrants and was a major staging area and so when dps calls we answer that call we determined it was north of the center of the waterway which is of course the state of texas it's the third such island that we've done in my short tenure as your first lady land commissioner and so we're doing everything we can to secure our border this um uh this cane for people that don't know it it's uh it's literally like uh fighting in vietnam i mean it's very very tall weeds it and um and and it's i mean it's dangerous i mean they can hide anywhere uh has um uh the dps moved in already or are they uh, like in a cleaning operation at this point oh absolutely dps moved in as soon as we declared it they were clearing it of the ammunition, of the, the rifles. We've officially kicked uh, the cartels off of it and made it uh, not hospitable territory for them. So we have taken control of that island. We will continue to do so. You know, and a lot of people don't realize the General Land Office, we built the first section of the wall decades ago. We had to do flood mitigations, one of the things we do along the coast. And so when the valley needed a big levee, we just put a really tall fence on top of it. So where there's a will, there's a way. And we'll continue to lead on that front every way we can. Now, you said that there were two other islands that uh, that uh, had been in, in question that uh, that you've worked on as well? Yes, absolutely. It was around uh, March or April uh, in the spring. There were two other islands came up for question. They were smaller. One was roughly 40 acres. One was, I think, about an acre. But they came up for question as well and were also major staging areas. And so I just want to say it has been a joy and a pleasure making Texas bigger um, three separate times in the last six months. Watch out, Alaska. Here we come. (laughs) (laughs) That is really, truly. and, And in the process of making it bigger, you're making it safer. The um, the uh, situation with uh, the the wall. Uh, do you foresee uh, expanding on it, or uh, your office working on it, or or is it going to be turned over to another uh, department of uh, of the state? Well, the facilities commission actually builds the wall um, right now, but where the wall is being built, for the most part, are state lands. You know, under Trump. They got all of the land um, from the landowners, and then, of course, the Biden administration will not return that land either to the state or to the private property owners. So for the most part, where we're making progress around state lands, it's part of why those islands are so incredibly important. But we will, again, continue to... Um, to do everything we can. In fact, it was raised to me, there's a ranch owner along the border who's refused to give right away for the wall. So we're doing our best to just purchase that property and, and take that out of the equation so that we can keep the progress going. But again, like I said, we'll continue to do everything we possibly can to secure our border. Yeah, uh, that was the other question I was going to ask you, because I know uh, from having uh, done a lot of reporting down there on the border, there are some property owners that just don't see a problem. Uh, and, uh, you know, which worries me right away. But uh, they just do not want to cooperate with uh, trying to secure the border. Uh, what, uh, what can be done or what, uh, what are the alternatives to that? Well, you know, when a private property owner disagrees with what the government needs for safety, there is the tool of eminent domain. Of course, as a liberty-loving private property owner in Texas, I always hate to see that used. But if a push comes to shove, then then that there is a path for that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we, we try and strike peace, love, and happiness and convince the property owners. If nothing else, the record numbers coming across the border now, the fact that they are mostly adult age, the fact that more and more of them are showing up on the terror most wanted list, the fact the crime is escalating rapidly. A lot of those property owners who had issues with the wall initially are actually welcoming the wall onto their property and realizing that it does provide a safeguard for their family. You know, every day when I'm talking to landowners along the border, they're afraid to leave their family unattended on the ranch because bad things are happening. The cartels just drive through fences and intentionally hurt their livestock so their ability to earn money and it's ironic that the biden administration closing the bridge 
all around Eagle Pass, the economic uh, impact, negative impact to those communities. So my message is easy. Hey, South Texas, a lot of y'all are Democrats. Realize that the Republicans are here. We're helping. We're fighting for your families and for your safety. And the Democrat policies are literally hurting you more and more every day, both economically and, and on the safety front. Amen to that. Amen to that. We're going to let you go, but uh, is there anything else that you want to add regarding this whole episode with Fronton Island? Well, I tell you what, it's a joy and pleasure to serve as your land commissioner, and God bless Texas. That's exactly right. God bless Texas. Folks, we've been speaking with uh, uh, Texas Land Commissioner Dawn Buckingham. She is the first uh, lady to uh, serve in that capacity, and we certainly welcome you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. I want to thank our guests, uh, State Representative Brian Harrison, uh, Miss Irene Armendariz Jackson from El Paso, and uh, Texas Land Commissioner Don Buckingham. I want to really thank them for all, all for for joining us and uh, for providing us their uh, information. Uh, my friends, we are looking at an invasion. There's no two ways around it. We need to create constitutional sanctuaries, citizen first sanctuaries. What's the point, my friends? What is the point of being a citizen if an illegal alien gets the same rights, benefits, and privileges? Think about it. It's a simple question that we need to ask our politicians. What is the point of being a citizen, a lawful legal citizen, if an illegal alien, or for that matter, some kind of any outlaw, gets the same privileges, the same benefits? You know, if people are going to be encouraged to be citizens, if they're going to be encouraged to participate lawfully in, in society, then you hold the carrot out in front of them. You don't give it to them. Once you give it to them, what's the point? What's the point of being uh, lawful? <laughs> what's the point of being a legal citizen? You know, that amnesty, we cannot give amnesty to anybody, my friends. Not even to children. We cannot give amnesty to anybody. Amnesty is a reward for breaking the law. If you give amnesty to an illegal alien, you are rewarding them for, the, for having broken the law and entered the country. So, thank you for joining us today, my friends. We are lo always looking for sponsors. We need sponsors to keep our program and show going. So, uh, please contact us and uh, help us to uh, stay on the air. But until next time, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Till next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.